Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production, and I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. And today we have a Siddharth. Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production. And I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. And today we have Siddhartha Part 2, an ongoing conversation with Danielson. I think we both felt like we didn't wrap everything up, that we needed to wrap up in terms of our conversation with Siddhartha. I think we even feel like we actually missed um, a big part of what we had hoped to accomplish, and, and that was offer a synopsis of what the story was about. I think we just got right into our personal reflections and started the blithering um, from the go. Uh, what are your thoughts? D did you get the same sense, Daniel Sun? Uh, yes. Uh, I guess we didn't pay enough uh, attention to the audience, perhaps, in in, in setting uh, the the scene, and uh, so to people that are uh, uninitiated with the story, it, it may have been a bit confusing, I suppose. So I, I think uh, we're both agreed that a little bit of a backtrack might be in order here. And uh, so in, in terms of uh, that synopsis, um, what do you think is a good starting point? Um, you mean as a synopsis? Yeah. As I a, delve into it? Yeah. Yeah. If we just kind of offer uh, a kind of a brief summary about the story that we've been talking about so that people can follow along. Sure. Uh, actually, I was uh, on a walk with a friend a couple of days ago, and I was recommending this book, and I gave him a short synopsis, and I suggested that he read it uh, as someone who's uh, inclined to spiritual matters. And so the way I summarized it uh, roughly, uh, so a young man, the son of a Brahmin, uh, so a holy man, uh, so he decides that he is no longer interested in following in the footsteps of his father. He kind of breaks out and begins his spiritual quest, uh, joining uh, an ascetic group uh, known as the Samanas, and then working with that a bit, and then uh, meeting the Buddha and realizing that that is not his pathway either. And then he goes into the world of samsara, uh, which we've referenced in the last podcast, having to do with the material world uh, so he falls in love and he becomes a successful businessman and then kind of squanders both of those and feels uh, spiritually dead and then comes to a point where he contemplates suicide and then is revived by the ohm and then off to the river and then gets guidance by Vasudeva, the ferryman, and then comes ultimately comes to his awakening, which he shares with his friend that he's reacquainted with in the final chapter, his friend Govinda. How does that work? Yeah, I, I like that. I think that uh, is, is a really good summary. I was thinking about some of the um, kind of, uh, I don't know if it's fair to say side characters, because the spotlight definitely sure. is on S Siddhartha. But I feel like uh, one other um, name we might want to mention uh, is uh, Kamala. 
Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. And, and in terms of that, uh, that hedonistic pleasure-seeking part of his life, uh, he's, he has this opportunity to explore, you know, an intimate relationship with someone else. And uh, it, it seems like he only, you know, uh, goes halfway. And, and it seems like uh, something is perhaps uh, holding him back. Uh, and, and that's why I offered, you know, in terms of one of my uh, T-shirt ideas was uh, missed opportunities. Uh, mm, okay. So when, when we're talking about uh, this, this story, we can look at it through a number of different lenses. Um, I, I think you, know, you were looking at it initially in terms of the essay you wrote from a uh, kind of a philosophical lens. And uh, I, I offered some thoughts in the last uh, discussion about looking at it through a uh, positive psychology lens in terms of you know, the limits of what uh, pursuing those ex external things uh, might amount to in terms of our eventual discoveries that it doesn't uh, give us the happiness that we're we're looking at. And then we both shared that uh, just personally we could relate to it and it was kind of like a mirror opportunity for us to kind of get a sense of ourselves at the same time. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, it, it's, it's such a great book to uh, suggest to someone who's kind of at a crossroads in their life, perhaps, or I, I and I think we talked about this briefly last time, the, the idea of uh, you know, do you have to go through, you know, these difficult experiences to achieve nirvana or awakening kind of thing? Like, is that a necessary component to uh, achieving what one would regard as spiritual fulfillment kind of thing? Yeah, I think that uh, fits in with one of the quotes uh, that we were both kind of struck with in, in the book. Uh, where uh, it indicates Siddhartha says uh, wisdom cannot be imparted and because of his, yes. his position about that thought um, he seems to take this kind of individualistic kind of almost maybe a west approach to um, self-actualization that uh, you know I, I, I got to do it alone and that was a theme right. yeah. that I, I shared with that I, I feel like um, once again, created an opportunity where he missed out on some possibilities in terms of what the, what the good life could look like. Um, we, yes. we both kind of uh, brought up some other things that I think we didn't talk about. Maybe we can throw them out there. Um, for me, uh, I brought up uh, in some of our other discussions off, off, the, uh, off the live discussions that we were having we've previously had in the one we're having now about uh, the interest about uh, sleep and dreams. And uh, you, yes. you, you brought to the discussion, the idea of uh, the idea of getting outside of time. Um, is there anything that you'd like to pick up on in terms of those threads? Um, yeah, I guess it, it, it's, I, I find it a bit difficult to explain. And I, I guess that's why try to throw it together in, in a formalized way in an essay. Uh, but that's how I saw his whole uh, movement ultimately to the river. And so if, if I may kind of uh, share a quote. Sure. Um, that kind of sum, sums it up. I'm um, just kind of looking for it. Oh, okay. So just a, a bit of context. Uh, so the, the way I kind of, interpreted or read the novel kind of thing 
uh, is the idea of Siddhartha moving to a place outside of time. And I, I tried to integrate uh, William Blake's idea of, you know, experiencing eternity in a moment to kind of capture that and then segue into Siddhartha. But so the quote is, um, so he's back at the river. He's with Vasudeva, his spiritual guide, who doesn't say a lot. Uh, but the one thing he does say is the following. He says, have you also learned that secret from the river? that there is no such thing as time, that the river is everywhere at the same time, at the source and at the mouth, at the waterfall, at the ferry, at the current, in the ocean and in the mountains, everywhere and that the present only exists for it, not the shadow of the past nor the shadow of the future. So I, I felt that that kind of captured my reading of Siddhartha and the idea of his quest towards that kind of shadowless present moment outside of time, which is symbolized by the river that also exists out of time. And, and that uh, was uh, an idea that played itself out in your t-shirt idea of uh, instead of listen, listen to the river, it's uh, hear the river. Mm -hmm. And that, that there's like a relationship that Siddhartha has with the river um, in terms of uh, it not just being uh, this thing uh, that's external from us uh, that can, you know, serve a purpose, but uh, something that's instructing him. It's, it's almost as if it's uh, his ultimate guru in that sense, in terms of learning that uh, we can step outside of time. And what I find interesting in terms of that idea that you're, you're sharing or exploring is it, I think it fits in with that. Uh, I told you one of the lenses I kind of continue to look at the book through is the positive psychology lens and the idea of uh, being in the moment, right? So when we're outside okay. of time, it's kind of like, we're just, where are we? We're, we're, we're in the moment. And it's just being fully present with the here and now where there is no kind of differentiation from self and the world around. It's, it's just this uh, eternal uh, experience of oneness. And that uh, in terms of positive psychology and, our, and the busy worlds that we're living in right now, there's, there's a call for us to do that during these difficult times. Um, you know, as we worry about the future, you know, what will things look like? Uh, just this... Um, invitation to be in the moment and, and to mindfully breathe, you know, breathing in, I'm aware I'm breathing in, breathing out, I'm aware I'm breathing out. And in a sense, we step outside of time. Is that an idea that you think uh, yeah. fits for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, uh, so in my role as, as a teacher, um, you know, I, I think often of my students and, and how overwhelmed they are with information all the time and, and bombarded with entertainment and, and all these things. And, and, you know, are they able to safely remove themselves from that from time to time? Mm -hmm. It's uh, and, and I guess that's, you know, re read this book. It might give you <laughs> some insight into uh, being able to do that, or it may not. I mean, it's, it depends on on the reader for sure, and interpretations, and and willingness to to see things from a through a different lens. And I guess that's kind of 
one of the themes that we're kind of looking at, you know, how interpreting, right? You know, how, we've, we both love the book. Mm-hmm. We both have, you know, different interpretations of it. But, but what we share is a, a usefulness of the book kind of thing, I suppose. Yeah, you can. You, I can imagine. You know, as as we are exploring this and looking at it from both that philosophical and positive psychology lens, that uh, those must have been some really um, moments of uh, tranquility for Siddhartha as he's sitting at uh, the river uh, beside the river, listening to the river, like uh, embracing this idea of non-doing. You know, just being that, that, that there doesn't have to be anything that one's doing. And in terms of this uh, hyper materialistic um, overdrive lives that we're living, that if we could escape from um, the, the busyness of it all and, and go for a walk in nature and, and just yes. and just be and, and, and find that stillness and kind of get out of time and, and just immerse ourselves in the moment, whether it's watching a river or perhaps uh, watching a leaf fall or watching some birds. And uh, sure. the, the other thing is, I, I, I think I know what he's talking about when he says, you know, um, wisdom is something that can't be imparted. There, there's another part of the book where he talks about uh, this, this idea of, um, I'm just trying to get my other quote here. Words do not express thoughts very well. They always become a little different immediately after they are expressed, a little distorted, a little foolish. Um, I, I think, though, while that's true, it, it doesn't hurt to try. And I think there's actually something exciting about trying to share these peak experience moments that we might have as we, as we sit by the river and get outside of time. Uh, it seems interesting to incorporate your idea with some of the thoughts that I have from a uh, positive psychology lens that, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a point in the book where he, he was trying, in a sense, I guess, to find himself. And he's, he's exploring these different things, identity versus identity diffusion, as Eric Erickson would say. And he's trying to, to situate himself uh, in terms of his goal of uh, conquering self. But I think in the process discovers that, you know, um, to, to, to transcend it, we also have to embrace it. But after he uh, dives into the world of uh, the material, he, he finds himself, uh, the, to quote, uh, he was full of uh, nausea which overpowered him like a distasteful wine or music that was too sweet and superficial or like the too sweet smile of the dancers or the too sweet perfume of their hair and breasts. But above all, he was nauseated with himself, with his perfumed hair, with the smell of wine from his mouth, with the soft, flabby appearance of his skin. And we see that he's, he's at a crossroads. He's, he's at a place where he's in a spiritual doldrum, uh, this existential crisis. And uh, it seems that he ends up doing some things that I think uh, positive psychology would identify as being healthy things to do to kind of get back on track. One of the first things he does is he he finds himself uh, by a tree at the river where he was contemplating the whole um, Hamlet idea of to be or not to be, and uh, he he falls asleep. He has this dreamless sleep, and then he wakes up uh, completely refreshed and reinvigorated to continue with the journey and, and perhaps find 
how, how he can uh, get back to himself. So those were some of the thoughts I, I thought that, you know, I had about the, the novel that worked in uh, with some of the ideas that you had about getting outside of time mindfulness, but yet also uh, em embracing the idea of just, you know, what, what is the good life? And, you know, there are things that if we do them, then we can be healthy. And we see that Siddhartha eventually starts doing these things. He, he gets that good sleep and he gets this idea of moving forward. And one of the, one of the things I think he discovers, um, which I, I imagine might surprise him, is uh, the importance of relationship. Uh, the relationship he has with, uh, I, I think I pronounce it wrong. How do you say it? Vasudeva? Um, I, I, I've been saying Vasudeva. I okay. could be wrong too. Okay. And, Vasudeva. Uh, yeah. And then, then, you yeah, know, once the, he has the a, yep. that, that relationship with the ferryman, uh, and they become almost like brothers, but, but still, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Vasudeva is also kind of a mentor in terms of introducing him to the river, the ultimate guru, I guess I'm saying. And then we see at the end, uh, he is reunited with his uh, childhood friend, Govinda. And, uh, and so I think, you know, in, in, in pursuit of trying to transcend the self, he lost out on uh, those things that are fundamental for good mental health and that's relationship and at the end he discovers that and ironically enough he arrives at a point where he has an estranged relationship against his you know um better hopes uh, with his own son yes yeah yeah totally it's it's it go to me it goes back to something you mentioned a couple of days ago when we were having a conversation and you said you know self he's embarking on this journey of self trying to fix self. And so, I mean, from what we know and understand, I guess in the terms of positive psychology is that's not really possible. <laughs> you can't, um, I mean, we all need a, a, a spiritual guide and, and you know, it, you just mentioned that Vasudeva is kind of that spiritual guide, but he doesn't impart a, a lot of, he doesn't, impart a lot of wisdom he just says yeah just go listen to the river and mm -hmm. so siddhartha go, goes to listen to the river and the river laughs at him when he is trying to sort out his life and and so it, it's like the cosmos you know laughing at our plans of, of trying to um, order our lives kind of thing that that there are forces beyond our control to a measure we have to kind of accept what life throws at us kind of thing if we want to find peace i suppose and i don't know if that kind of fits into your interpretate like your positive psychology analysis kind of thing and i i guess it does in, in terms of you know from what you've said in your previous podcast about self-care and the idea of you know community and relationships are, are key to fulfillment and so at, at the end i mean he does kind of commune with all things as well as govinda but the, there's no real spiritual guide i mean he he gives up on the buddha after meeting him yeah what, i think yeah, no, I think that that's why I was suggesting, uh, and, and, and I'm open to, to push back, um, that perhaps he is a, a good exemplar of the absurd hero, right? Constantly wanting 
right. from the universe, what the universe won't give him. And then in the process, finding himself at the Sartian place, uh, experiencing this nausea, and then kind of arriving at a place where he decides he just has to let go and uh, be outside of time in the eternal moment, the present, and then recognizing that in the moment that th th there are things that are happening that are worth uh, enjoying and, 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 and loving and, and getting in, in the mud with in terms of his, re his re strained relationships with himself and different people. And that in, in a strange way, he, he's, he's slowly able to come back to himself. And uh, I think ultimately recognizing that, you know, the, to transcend the self, we have to at times, in a sense, embrace the self so that we can ultimately go beyond it, um, if, if that makes any sense. Um, but I mean, uh, this we, we've talked about Camus quite a bit in the past, too. And it, it's, uh, I mean, you know, as well as uh, some of our other um, philosophically inclined, uh, philosophically inclined spiritual brothers, that I was quite enamored <laughs> with with Camus at one point, mm -hmm. and uh, I even had yes. one fr one friend who who shared. He's like, you know, you love Camus, <laughs> and and I think at one yeah, point yeah. I, I was able to say, <laughs> you know, uh, I see everything as as absurd, and I wanted to be that absurd hero standing on the 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 precipice and and looking at it and saying I'm going to roll my boulder up, and and then I I discovered that something was missing. And uh, I think that that is what I'm seeing in Siddhartha in, in the, this book by Hess is that uh, um, he wanted to roll that boulder up the hill by himself. And I'm like, for me, the, the metaphor wasn't working anymore. I, I was like, uh, something was missing. And in terms of the, the jewels, the three jewels of, of uh, Buddhism, you know, that we find refuge in the, in the Buddha. Well, Siddhartha didn't do that. He didn't have his kind of uh, genuine uh, spiritual guru or mentor. Uh, then we find um, a refuge in, in the, uh, the Dharma, which perhaps he did because, you know, thinking, fasting, and um, waiting is something that he had as a, a skill set, a tool set. Uh, but the third one is to find refuge in the Sangha, the community. And uh, I feel like that's uh, when I started exploring Buddhism more. That's when I really uh, stepped back and said, no, actually, I, I actually have some um, concerns and, and issues with a kind of a, an absurdist uh, view of the world. And, and I find myself moving more more towards Buddhism in a way that uh, Siddhartha uh, didn't, the, this... Uh, protagonist character that we're talking about because you know i very much want um not to have to do this alone and embrace uh, an ethic of care and also um to find my my sangha and uh you know with uh camus i feel like he his his life was cut short and i think he actually might have been going in that direction because solidarity in in the book the rebel became um something he was ex exploring which for me is is, is about relationship. So, um, yeah, this idea of the river laughing, I, I think it, it fits in um, with uh, some of the uh, thoughts that I've had, um, not necessarily about uh, positive psychology, but my, my thoughts on the uh, absurdist approach to the lived experience, which I think I, I'm definitely moved away from. Yeah, just to pick up uh, the, the thread of, you know, words do not express thoughts very well. I mean, it's, uh, there was an interesting thing on the Global Mail uh, yesterday about how 
audiobooks and podcasts are so popular right now. And, and so there's a movement, in a sense, away from, you know, reading printed text and to, you know, have a more auditory uh, experience. And, and the argument was that it, it's a lot, it's a lot fuller an experience, whereas, you know, you, it's very one dimensional, you sitting with a book and reading, whereas if someone if you're listening to a podcast or an audio book, you have the non verbals there, which kind of make make for a more engaging uh, brain experience with tone and cadence and, and these kinds of things, which is a segue, if you will. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think they're, they're complementary tools, though, I, uh, quite often in, mm. you know, a lot of the discussions um, when we kind of self-reflect and put ourselves under the microscope, we often find these um, either or, it's, you know, either this or it's that. And uh, that, you know, they're, they're definitely, we both have a love of reading and we both I believe yes. have a, a love for the, you know, uh, a, a book that we can hold in our hands and the, the pages that we can dog ear <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. writing, writing notes in the margins. But at the same time, um, I definitely enjoy listening to a, a podcast uh, where someone is sharing ideas, thoughts, resources. And uh, I feel like there's, there's definitely merit um, or, or benefits to walking down both of those roads. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, great book. I think we both agree. Yeah, and I, I've read it a number of times, and and I can see myself perhaps reading it again. And uh, my every time I read it, there's a different takeaway. So um, perhaps I, you know might conclude some of my thoughts with with my latest takeaway which is kind of echoing um some of the thoughts that i shared in our our previous discussion but when i was younger i was uh, i shared that i was attracted to it because uh, it, it seemed to be like this it was a very attractive uh romantic lone wolf tale and uh, I was at the, the beginning of a journey of uh, finding myself very much like Siddhartha was. And I was like, you know, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> um, how do you find yourself? You know, and, and the idea was like you could find yourself through travel. You can find, find yeah. yourself through um, uh, explorations uh, of, of new places and, and, and different uh, foods and rituals. And, or you can, you can um, find yourself. Uh, through work, you know, the different kind of occupations. There are a number of different ways no, sure. to find yourself. But that's what I was very much interested in is this idea of like, wow, I'm starting my journey. And it, it was very much um, in that sense, very um, absurdist hero-like and, uh, you know, individualistic-like in terms of it's me, uh, in a sense, against the world. And uh, I was okay with that. I, 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 there was something wonderful about that. Uh, but now I've moved for, for me with this last read, uh, being a father of uh, two wonderful, uh, incredible little boys, uh, children, um, spirits, little ones, however it would be best to describe that. Um, I, I was very aware of this, this uh, 
impulse in Siddhartha as he had aged and um, crossed paths and discovered that he, he had a son to want to protect, <laughs> protect my kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, somehow uh, think that, uh, you know, if, if I've discovered some things, maybe uh, they won't have to discover them. They won't have to, you know, go to the uh, school of hard knocks per se. And that uh, their, their journey could be a uh, much smoother uh, affair. And I think that the book kind of awakened within me something, you know, I recognize and I know, but uh, we, we sometimes would like to think, you know, could I somehow be the, the exception? Could I, you know, that, uh, that arrogant moment of thinking and uh, that, you know, that's not the case. Um, I can't protect them. They, they will have to fall. They'll have to get back up. They'll have to scratch their knees. They'll have to, um, bandage whatever uh, wounds that might come their way. And perhaps there'll be wounds they treasure too. Uh, and and it's, yeah. it's not necessarily such a bad thing. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it very much from a, you know, uh, a different chapter in my life, you know, having moved uh, further ahead. I, what would uh, Erickson, Eric Erickson call this? Generativity versus despair. Yes, uh, that chapter of my life. And uh, so that was pretty humbling because it, it lets you recognize uh, the limits of your, your, uh, your powers as a parent. So that, that was my biggest takeaway. What do you think would, was your biggest takeaway with this last read? Um, well, just to kind of go back to my experience uh, reading it in my 20s, and there, I mean, there's, there's something very appealing from an Eastern perspective. So a non, even with simply the title. So it's, it's exotic, it's otherworldly, and it's something that I want to investigate kind of thing. So I, I did that. And, and the thing that it left with me in my early to mid twenties is, is this idea. And, and, you know, you know, going through that period and falling and getting the scrapes and, and, but yet having, an echo of this book, the idea that spiritual a quest does not have to be complicated. And, and the image that uh, I kept from that first reading is the idea of a simple ferryman. Go to the simple ferryman. And I, I guess implied within that symbology is, you know, going from one shore to the other. It's, it's as simple as kind of moving from one idea to another or one perspective to another. And it doesn't have to be complicated, I guess. Right. The idea mm -hmm. that listen, listen to the ferryman. And then I guess now it, it's, it's more, it, it's taken more shape. My relationship with this book. And I, I spent a lot of time kind of trying to carve out, the idea of timelessness in it and uh so yeah and now i'm i'm reading narcissus and goldman and 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 kind of picking up uh, similar ideas that he explores in, in that book as well now a, a question for you or like like have you ex explained siddhartha to the boys at all is is that something uh, I, or, or would do or 
Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting as you as you just prior to you asking that question, I was I was actually thinking, you know, what is the is there a right time or the most appropriate time uh, to to suggest that someone might want to pick up this book and read it? You know, uh, is there and and everyone's different and everyone's unique and everyone's journey it, it looks. Uh, like the, the the special thing that it is for them, but um, generally speaking, you know, if we could just uh, a general brushstroke, is there a time at which perhaps it would be wiser for me to suggest to the to uh, Blazing Phoenix and Woodrow that you know this is a book uh, worth picking up and worth reading, and so I, I'm. I, I I guess there the one of the other questions that uh, crossed my mind's eye was uh, could for some there be a time when the book is too soon you know like it's too soon right. to pick up to pick up this book and so yeah definitely right now with them um, being you know just approaching <laughs> uh, the teen years in a number of years coming up uh, I don't think this is the time for that yet but I do think yeah, for sure it's it's uh, it's game uh, for me to uh, start talking about, you know, this, there's a good book I, I read and I was talking about it with Danielson boys and uh, I, I very much enjoyed it. And, and, you know, here are some of the, 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 the thoughts that have come out of it. Um, so I feel like it might be a book. I, I'm more inclined to suggest that they would read maybe after the prefrontal cortex is kind of like <laughs> more or less um, done what it's supposed to do. So around 20, 21 to 25, I guess I, I might suggest that. Okay. Uh, perhaps I'm being too cautious. I don't know. Uh, yeah. The themes I think I would, I, would, I would talk about, though, would be uh, the idea of mindfulness being in the moment, uh, some of the positive psychology ideas that I've already shared with you, the idea that there are things that if we do them could increase the likelihood that we'll be happy, and there are things if we do them decrease the likeliness, the likeliness that um, we won't be happy. Uh, right. If I, yeah. Did I say that properly? There are things if we do them will increase the likelihood we'll be happy, and if we don't do them, that you know, that's not going to happen. Then. And uh, so stuff like... Um, getting good sleeps, uh, focusing on relationships, trying to uh, pursue meaning, uh, mastering something and, and feeling good about it, and then uh, not getting caught up on the self, which I think Siddhartha did, and, and maybe more of a focus on transcendence, so uh, community, um, supporting others. Right. And uh, so, yeah, and I feel like those are conversations that we, we're already having. Um, but, uh, the book itself, uh, yeah, it's, it's too soon and probably I won't make that suggestion until they're in their twenties. What are your thoughts? You think that's being too cautious or. I, I, I don't think so really. I, I mean, there is, I mean, there, I would say there's a bit of a caveat with, uh, suggesting this book to someone for sure. Uh, in that, you know, going into, misinterpreting it i guess and i i was just thinking of, of another question that i would like to ask you and the idea is i mean 
uh, you're a lot more versed in, in Buddhism than I am. So would, would you consider this Siddhartha a bit of a primer for someone who's interested in learning more about Buddhism? Like, does it, re I, I, I mean, I know there's the whole uh, storyline of Siddhartha meeting the Buddha, Buddha and he's like, yeah, I'm not cool with that. I'm going to do my own thing. But are there aspects of it that, that speak to someone who's interested in, like, is it a, a portal through which one might uh, access Buddhism? I, I my, my thought is about uh, the, the sequence of uh, events. And I think it would be more, uh, I, I wouldn't suggest this as a primer. Uh, I would suggest mm -hmm. this as uh, after someone has had some explorations uh, with some of the, the Buddhist uh, philosophy, uh, psychology, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, that uh, once they have that in place, uh, then they would read this and they would see, um, uh, have an opportunity to explore uh, perhaps some of Siddhartha's missteps uh, in terms of if, if the goal is to move in a Buddhist direction. Uh, yeah, I, I, when I was thinking about Siddhartha, I, I see him as very much a Western character. And I don't know if it's fair right. for me to yeah. say that. Um, I, just, I just feel like, you know, if, if anything, it's, it's a great example of, uh, as I've already shared, uh, Camus' idea of the absurd hero and... Uh, it's a great story. It's a mirror opportunity. Uh, it addresses uh, issues of self and, uh, you know, what is the good life in that sense? It's a great philosophical work. But I, 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 I don't think it's a, a, a genuine glimpse or a reflection of uh, a Buddhist way of being. And, you know, me, uh, my interest uh, by, by no means, you know, whenever we're having discussions uh, or if uh, when I'm just having a, uh, an episode that I've produced and it's more of a, a monologue, one of the first things I always say is, you know, <laughs> I do not have a monopoly on the truth. And when it comes to Buddhism, right. as you shared, like I've, I perhaps have read more and, and, and experimented a little bit more than you, but I, I would still see myself as uh, someone... Um, it's, it's just, uh, uh, it's more of a curiosity still for me. Okay. And, uh, yeah. and I imagine that some people uh, might uh, take some of the, the things that I'm sharing as uh, perhaps uh, Buddhist ideas or concepts and say, oops, he missed something or <laughs> he's off, he's off track yeah. there. But, you know, that's yeah. the thing about... Uh, for, for me, it's, it's you know, I, like my desire is not to be Buddhist. My desire is, you know, not to uh, try to emulate a, a life of a, a Buddhist monk. Mine is more to kind of bring some of those ideas into secular reality, um, especially uh, for someone who might be a, a father and a husband. Because guess what? That's what I am. <laughs> and, and, I, and I have no I, uh, desire to do what uh, the Buddha did uh, and, and to, to leave this world and, and to, uh, 
focus just on you know the, that spiritual dimension. Um, I like I like being sure. a father, and I, I like being a, a husband or, or a partner. Um, I'm I'm kind of cautious now when I'm talking about the words that I use because uh, I don't want to upset or offend, right? So um, I think uh, perhaps it's safer to say you know I enjoy being a partner and I enjoy parenthood. And uh, I love my um, partner, and uh, I love my children, and so I, I don't have an interest in going to a, a Buddhist to a Buddhist temple to to follow that that uh, that life. Right. Yeah. But if you ever are in Tampa on a Sunday morning. I would suggest you go to the, there's a Buddhist temple in Tampa and they have uh, a Dharma talk and they have amazing food <laughs> and it's, it's right along the river. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it was a fantastic experience. That was, that was last year. I think we were there. Yeah, I'd be cool. definitely uh, excited about that kind of opportunity for sure. Um, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Buddhist temples or even churches, going to different churches, Mont Saint Michel and the, the different religious uh, kind of tourist destinations uh, that you could see the, the grandeur of the church. And there's something uh, sacred about it that uh, whether or not I'm, I'm a part of that faith, I, f I find I'm always moved. And, but, I, but I do have to say, I think I gravitate towards... Uh, a Buddhist way of, you know, seeing things and, um, and it's just a matter of figuring out how to incorporate that into one's life. So we, uh, sure. we had a, a great two part discussion, I think, uh, Danielson, but, uh, additionally, yeah. what I'm really, I'm really grateful for is uh, that you're helping me explore, uh, how to invite someone on to the episode and, and have a discussion and turn it uh, more into a dialogue as opposed to a monologue. And uh, so I, 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 there's uh, growing pains, and I guess uh, I'll, I'll discover what those growing pains are and I'll hopefully overcome them as, uh, as I keep learning about having conversations. Uh, yeah, because I feel like what we, we've been doing is more of a conversation than an interview. Um, that is just two, two people right. um, sharing some thoughts with one another. And uh, as, as I've shared, uh, blithering. I think that's what uh, I do yes. best is I, I just blither. Um, so, yeah, no, during these difficult times, one of the things I always like to do is uh, have a moment of gratitude. So I think it'd be really nice to be able to end with a moment of gratitude, uh, some of the things that we're both thankful for. And I think it just creates this uh, mood of uh, positivity that hopefully will radiate out to uh, anyone who might be listening. So uh, what are some things that you're grateful for in this moment? I did well the opportunity to to share these thoughts with you for sure and uh, and explore uh, these important themes uh, as, especially during this time. Um, I uh, I've got into the habit of ending my Zoom classes with a dad joke. And, uh, <laughs> I like it. A, a, a little levity, and so they often get groans or eye rolls, but. I think that's what I like most about it. And I think you mentioned you like that same thing. 
But uh, if, if I may just uh, kind of add uh, something here at the end, I'm, I'm thinking about sharing this in, at the end of my next Zoom class. Uh, so it's something a little more elevated than a dad joke, I suppose. It's, uh, I know you, you've read him, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, the um, yes. Vietnamese Buddhist. So, so this book is, uh, my wife picked it up out of one of those little com community book holder things. And she was, she kind of skimmed through it and wasn't interested in it, in it. And I picked it up and I just turned to a random page. And this is what I found. And I'm thinking about sharing this with my students next Zoom class. Uh, so it reads, there is a Zen story about a man riding a horse, which is galloping very quickly. Another man standing alongside the road yells at him, where are you going? And the man on the horse yells back, I don't know, ask the horse. <laughs> and so I, I think I, it puts into perspective uh, what we've been talking about and, and, you know, to what degree do we have agency in, in our lives and how, and then, you know, how important is community, relationships, for you, fatherhood and partnership, and for me as well, partnership and, and you know, how, how much control do we have? And uh, something to definitely reflect on during these challenging times. Yeah, I like that image because uh, you can imagine that you can kind of have two different reactions uh, if you're the person that's on the horse and you're not sure where the, the horse is going. You, you can be worried and perhaps terrified because uh, you have no sense of control. Or I guess the, the alternative is to embrace it and to see it as a moment of adventure and to see where it's going to take you. Um, I think right now, unfortunately, like at times, I'm inclined to <laughs> be more fearful uh, than uh, riding into the adventure. And uh, so that's a, a good mindful reminder. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm... Uh, I'm just I'm grateful for you know opportunity to be able to share ideas and uh, hopefully share something that's uh, of value or worth to someone else, uh, but in the process also be able to receive something. And I very much enjoyed our uh, conversation. I feel grateful for your support uh, as a uh, hopeful humanist uh, regular listener. And now, you know, joining me in these discussions, I just feel it's a, it's enriching experience for me, for you, hopefully for the listener, we shall see. And uh, I'm hoping to be able to do this again. I, I like the idea of ending with a joke, uh, perhaps to kind of get a little bit of humor into the moment. Uh, so one of the things recently I asked the boys, I said, hey, let's try to invent a joke. Um, let's just, and it's hard, nice. right? It, it, it takes a lot of creative yeah. effort. And uh, the joke that we came up with was, uh, what is one household appliance all celebrities need? One household mm, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I put you on the spot. You weren't prepared for that one. But uh, when I share it with you, you will not be surprised when I, when I say... Fans. Da -dun -dun. Nice. Okay, here, let's see. I've got a special, I got a special a effect one. for that one. Uh, could either be this. No, I'll go with it. Could either be this. 
<laughs> or or maybe it's this one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's, that's a tough call. Yeah, I don't know what to the second one kind of seems more like you're at the symphony orchestra and you're applauding. Anyway, that's just my two cents worth. <laughs> okay, well, this, well, how about this one? Is this a little bit more uh, appropriate then uh, as a possibility? <laughs> I got a little bit of a laugh yeah, there. The, yeah, that's good. That kind of lands in between the two, I'm, I'm thinking, somewhere. Yeah, no, it, it didn't go over, like, to the hearty guffaw. Um, yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, you know, decent. Yes. Okay, well, thanks, Danielson, for joining me well, for you. another yeah. blithering moment. Uh, as always, the conversation is ongoing and continuous. Uh, thank you for this tip of the iceberg conversation about Siddhartha. I'm sure that uh, there are so many different directions that we might have gone, but I enjoyed the direction that we did go. And I look forward to some unexpected future moment when we're having another blithering moment. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. Peace. Be well. Peace. Take care and share. Salutations. All right. <laughs>